to another episode, Middle Ground with JLE LLC, where we treat you like family. That's the theme song, Detroit Love, from my first album, The JLE Experience. I own the music and the rights, so don't mute nothing Facebook. Gotta say that. Got another great guest for you today. I have a fellow Wayne State University alum, a former boss, director of facilities and operations at Crosswell Lexington Community Schools, Rachel Saunders. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you. No problem. First question, what led you to this path? Um, well, um, that's a really, really um, great question that I like to talk about often, too, because I started off, um, I went to college, and I thought I was going to want to jump into education. I come from a long line of educators. My mom uh, is a teacher. My grandmother is a former principal. And I thought, you know what, this is what I want to do. And in order to help support myself through college, I took a position as a res life custodian at the university. And they helped pay for my college tuition. But as I started working I realized that I really enjoyed the work that I did. Um, it's dirty. It's not easy. It's physically taxing. You know that, Jeff. Um, it's not. It's not easily recognized, or a lot of times um, you don't get the recognition or the, uh, I guess, thanks that a lot of those folks that do that kind of support service work should get. Um, True. And I had some leadership in that position that I thought could do a better job of supporting their team and trying to make the workplace um, not just a workplace, but something that somebody went to that felt valued. And so I kind of jumped tracks. I decided that I wanted to change my major to uh, business administration. Okay. Because I wanted to work and see if I could do the job that I wanted to see done in the leaders that I had had that I felt were lacking. And knowing what I know now, it's not an easy job. And I'm sure you're finding that out in your own role. Um, it's not as easy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not as easy as you think it, it's going to be. Oh, oh my it's, it's not like, no it, it has its own set of challenges but I really had a passion for the people that I worked with that were my fellow custodians um you know and I I wanted to try to make their I wanted to try to make them feel as though they mattered more than they thought that they did because there was a lot of negativity amongst themselves um, all too often, they would put themselves down before they would hear it from anyone else. And I hated that mindset because um, they were good people and they worked hard and they did jobs and and did um, roles that a lot of people don't want to do because it's dirty or it's hard or it's physically taxing. And I felt that that was something that should be celebrated, not looked down upon. Um, so I worked. I worked my way through um, college and got my master's in business administration. 
and decided to leave what I thought was education at the time. It's funny because I, I ended right back up in education, just in a different capacity than I thought it was going to be. Uh -huh. I thought I was going to be a, a teacher. And um, I am very blessed because I got to see the other side of that juncture and really, really come to appreciate both sides, I think, the the how hard it is to be a leader and to have faith in yourself and to have um, the idea that you can be better for your team and then to also appreciate what your team does because you yourself have done it. And I know you're in that same type of boat too, Jeff, because, you know, you have also done that first line um, support services and then now you're also in this this journey of a leadership position and you know now i never thought in my wildest dreams i would ever be in a director of facilities type role and every day it's just you know i'm i'm blessed and i am always trying to find ways that i can improve myself for my team and for myself as well so that's kind of how that journey it's several years a lot of mistakes, a lot of toilets that I've cleaned. <laughs> I have yeah. cleaned. A, I have cleaned a lot of toilets putting myself through college because I just, you know, I didn't have the money to, um, and I didn't come. I mean, my mother's a teacher. We didn't have a lot of money, um, so I had to support myself through college, and that's how I did it. Seven years, um, putting myself through college by cleaning a billion and one toilets, but. I still do it to this day if I have to, because no matter where I go or what role I hold, I am never too good to clean a toilet. Yeah. And I think, I think that's important. For our non-union buildings, they had a function. I had to police the bathrooms. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, yeah, no you'll always, you'll always end up having to do it and that's okay. Because yeah. none of us are too good to do that. I remember as custodian at Wayne State, mm -hmm. a lot of people looked at that as that's who I am. Like it's a honest living. It you is. Know, some it down there is. Had that look down at you mindset. I've experienced it with some secretaries until they realized my college is a hundred percent covered. Oh, they only cover half of yours. How about that? Right. Then they, then they they changed their whole vibe. Like they do. I don't care. What you look at me, what you do, as long as them seven credits covered, I'm here for eight hours to clean what they want, first class treatment. Absolutely. I don't care, who, I don't care who's in that main office. Nope. I need a degree, so I have options. Mm -hmm. You need to get one. I'm like, get a degree, like, it's, it's government cheese, it's free. What you talk about, you ain't trying to get one. Right. Then I'll let you get your master's and doctorate free, like, all three for free. Yeah. Right. You say you hate management, but you don't want to go mm -hmm. to school like it don't make no sense. Mm -mm. You keep talking that bull jazz. It's early in the morning. I'm about to go work. You don't make no sense. Yep. No, it 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 doesn't. And and I never understood that, you know, mindset because we all put our pants on the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you are a first day custodian or you've been doing this for 20 years, like I've been. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'll, I if I'm blessed enough, I'll be doing this for another 20. I mean, it's it's got its own fun set of challenges, no matter what side of the 
fence you're on, whether you're a you know frontline employee as a custodian or you're on the opposite side where you're trying to be a leader to your team, um, it's not easy. And a lot of times it's not it's not clean. You know, um, no. you're constantly getting just hit with with you know just curveballs. Yeah, you know, I, and, I, you know, in a lot of ways, you, you, you know what to expect on the day to day, but you're always going to get a, a possible curveball. You're always going to get a flood or a, you know, yeah. a, um, last minute request for a, a cleaning that needs done that, oh my gosh, I have an hour to do this. I have no people to do this with, and it has yeah. to be done by this time. And you have to figure out how to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's me doing it or some other creative way, you yeah. know, and, you know, one of the things about Wayne State that I mean, and I really, truly miss Wayne State. I really do. Um, I miss working in a higher level education setting. Uh, K-12 is not a bad setting, mind you, because I work in a K-12 right now. Mm -hmm. um, I like but I, I love the diversity I like how busy the campus is. You know, I like the different types of things that you can learn there. And there are a lot of Wayne State employees, even to this day, that are currently going through their bachelor's uh, program or their master's program and are going to end up graduating from Wayne State with no debt. And how many people can, how many people can say that? Yeah. You know, how many how many people can say that they've, you know, went through their entire program and emerged as a graduate completely debt free and can enter the workforce um and not have any student loans to pay back. I know a few people I used to know I would talk with like, What's your five year plan? Like, mm -hmm. huh? I mean Right. And not wrong with doing this, but just ain't right. enough money. I, I need some right. elbow room with these finances. Yeah. So this, That's this true. free government cheese. Yeah. I want to check it out. Ain't nothing you like doing. Yeah. Well, you and there's there, there's nothing wrong. If you if you truly enjoy custodial work, and, and there are people that do that absolutely yeah. love it. No, if you truly enjoy doing that, there's nothing wrong with just doing an honest day's work and going home without trying to further ed your education. But I always, always encourage people to take advantage of those types of programs. If they have any, I mean, even if you don't know what you want to do, mm -hmm. you know, if you have no idea, if you say, I have no clue what I want to do, that's the perfect opportunity to take some college classes mm -hmm. that, I mean, take Japanese, take a, uh, yeah. You know, take take sociology, take stuff that you never thought you would ever take because one, it's free, and two, mm -hmm. you might you might find something that you love that you had no idea you loved, and then that you could you could make a career out of. You know, take advantage of the the programs that you have available to you because you never know where they're going to lead. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. If I had stayed on the path I was, I would, you know, probably be a teacher right now. And I know, knowing what I know now, that that is something that, you know, would not have been for me.
But had I not taken advantage of those programs when I was going to college as a custodian, you know, I had no idea that I, I would have wanted to become anybody in a business administration role. No clue. <laughs> I had no idea. And then I got, I got a job, you know, as that custodian and um, really enjoyed what I did, really thought that I would like to do better than the ones that, you know, oversaw my department. And here I am, you know, 20 years later doing something that I absolutely love. And, I, you know, I've been doing this for so many years and there's not a day that goes by that I don't just appreciate and feel absolutely blessed for the role that I have and the people that I got to work with from the bottom all the way here. And, you know, every chance I get, I try to encourage people to take advantage of those programs. If, if they're available to you, whether, you know, and it doesn't just have to be working at, you know, Wayne State, you know, there are a lot of other programs that will help you with tuition. You could, you know, uh, working at McDonald's, they offer yeah. tuition reimbursement. So if you're working at McDonald's as an employee, take advantage of those programs because you never know what you might get into that you absolutely love and enjoy. That's true. You and Dave did bring a different culture from some previous leaders who mm -hmm. kind of put their foot on people's throat approach, and that really bogged a lot of people down. Like, we ain't never appreciated. Like, yeah, you don't do it for the person that's in the office. You do it for you, and God's watching. He gave you an opportunity to feed your family. So don't just look Correct. at it. You need it. Thank you. It's awesome if you get it, but right for your own work ethic should be your goal, because you never know who's going to be your boss. They could be a jerk. They'd be a good person. That's this true. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and Dave was such a good example. Um, I talked to Dave, you know, every few months or so, just kind of check in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he really is a great example. And for those of you who don't know Dave that might be listening or anything like that, he was uh, the director of the custodial department a few years ago. Um, and he was the director, I think, for, you know, a couple years or so total. Mm -hmm. But he really was a very personable person who really put his employees first. And, you know, I have had. I mean, I can count on one hand probably how many directors in my career I've seen do that. Because like you had said, you know, a lot of them, you know, put their put their boot on someone's neck mm -hmm. um, or they get into that role. And, you know, it's a power trip. And one of the things I've always said, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I say to this day, if you want to know the measure of a person, give them a little bit of power. And see, oh, yeah. and see and see what they do with it. Just just see what they do with a little bit of power. Yeah, we have some Marvel villains for a town life. For real, that's what you do with it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because if you want to see what type of person they really are at the end of the day, give them a little bit of power over people and you'll find out what kind of person they are real fast. And that's true. Um, I've seen that a lot where I don't know if it's an insecurity on their end. I don't know if they think that that's the only way that they can get people to listen to them or follow them or respect them. Um, 
but in in my experience, you might get fear, but fear is not it's not lasting. No. And it's not the goal. The goal is to have your team respect you um, because you model a behavior that they want to see in themselves in a lot of ways. You know, um, somebody that they can identify with, somebody that they feel cares about them, you know, um, and you can't do everything in the world for your team. You can't say yes to everything. No. You know, you you might want to, but you can't. But trying and doing what you can and saying yes where you can goes a long way. And and this one of the things that I always try to do, and it's just a small gesture, is making sure that I try to connect with each person, learn about them, um, learn who their families are, who their spouse is, what their kids are like. Um, if they're going through health problems, ask them how they're doing after doctor's appointments or surgeries or how their kids are doing in school. It's 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 free. That's the thing. And all it takes is a little bit of effort on your part to to learn that about them. And so many people just miss that mark because they just get their heads so far stuck up their own rear ends that. They can't see the light of day. I mean, it's true. You know, they, they, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, it's free. Being kind is free. That's true. And it's, I, it's invaluable I to the learned, people that you lead. Being a supervisor, that you got to make sure you bring the right energy to your team. Mm -hmm. So no matter mm -hmm. what I might be dealing with, before I get in there, I pray that you hear mm -hmm. it right. Cause that yeah. energy will affect them. So I built the Candyland type vibe where yeah. my best work go home. Y'all want to crack a joke? Go ahead. Yeah. So I can't come in there like growling like, dang, what's wrong with Jeff today? Yeah. You know, I got everybody. So I learned like they really feed off of energy. So you got to make sure you get right. yourself right before you get around them. So they vibe and productivity can be what you mm -hmm. created for that part. That's true. And, and so how, how long have you been in your role now, Jeff? If you don't mind me asking. A year and what, two weeks. Okay. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary uh -huh. in two weeks. I feel like I've been there three years. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll age pretty quickly. Oh, you'll age very quickly. I'll do Prince. Call him. Oh, yeah. What's in your job description. That's it. I know yeah. someone else didn't ask you that, but that's all I'm telling you to do. He's mm -hmm. going to tell you the same thing, so I wait. So how many um, how many team members report to you? If you don't mind me asking that either. Uh, right now I have ten. Okay, that's a good number to start with. That's a really good number. Yeah. And I bet I just knowing you, I bet you you know a lot about each one of those people. Oh yeah, that was coming to my office. Wanted to talk with me. As you're gonna say, I know you know what I just said. You know their family members, their history. Their I know you know their day to day. I'm like, okay, like what's going on with you? No, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here for you to make sure you good, so you can do your best work. So, so um, ask whatever I need to be. 
what made you decide to go into this this line of work? Um, well, I was applying for a while, for a few years to be a supervisor at Wayne, but yeah, the guy after you was for you. It wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. So I came across SBM on LinkedIn, like, well, mm-hmm. let's try, see what happened. And yeah. uh, shout out to Carolyn Hefner. I need to get her on the show. She over HR now at Wayne. Okay. I was I was covering for a teammate. Yeah. And yeah. she was asking, like, what's going on with you, Dave? I've got a few interviews, one in Troy and then one online. Like, right. I was planning to come to be a supervisor. And she stopped what she was doing. Like, so you got interview questions? Like, huh? You can interview them? Like, yeah. And, man, the love she's shown, mm. the she gave me to ask, the stuff she gave me to just keep for myself. When I interviewed yeah. the lady, the recruiter, they had a spot in, I think it was July of last year. Yeah. But gave it somebody else. Like, okay. Well, yeah. It ain't there. Time go on. August hit, and she hit me up. I'm like, I forgot about you because yeah. what Carolyn told me to do. I made a great impression. Yeah. Like, we got a spot. You want them? Like, wow. You say you want to get out of Wayne. Well, it's your chance. Yeah. Dive in deep water. Let's see what happens. Because you never yeah. know. You got to go. That's <laughs> gotta true. Go. You never know what's going to happen. And you know, I'd be the hardest work in the room. Always ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I always remember a lot of coworkers always felt no one always would be, I appreciate you. So mm-hmm. through emails, anyone to interact with is always, I appreciate you. You're awesome. Yeah. And it do give a different touch to people like, dang, no one ever. It does. I appreciate you doing it because you could have, I get it back this email whenever you jumped on it yeah. from, so I appreciate you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when you recognize your team for the work that they do, I mean, it, it's like with us. I mean, we want to be recognized too, obviously, as leaders, but we don't necessarily need that in a lot of ways because a lot of times we don't get that. But you, you need to build that rapport with your team members because they get kicked a lot and they do, you know, and, and that is the sad, sad truth of it. No matter, and in whether, whether you're in a K-12 or a higher level ed or a healthcare or commercial or private cleaning entity, mm-hmm. they just, they feel overlooked and unappreciated. And so a lot of the times their appreciation comes from their first supervisors which would be you, me, whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to acknowledge that they are willing to come in every day and kill themselves, literally, to make sure that other people are taken care of because it's a support services role. They support the mm-hmm. you know, the company or the educational um, sphere or whatever it is that they're coming in and doing the hospital, whatever. Um, Cause they're just as much a part of that team as anyone else, you know, at Wayne, you know, they were just as much a part of the um, success of the student as the professors were. Cause if you walk in, if you walk into a classroom and it's dirty or it's unclean, you know, you, you, it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. At the very at the very minimum, and two, it's unhealthy. At the very mm-hmm. most, you know, they come in and and if they're 
their classrooms or their bathrooms are not cleaned or disinfected, if they get sick, you know, they're not able to attend class or do as well on tests or quizzes or whatever as they might, you know, otherwise do. And that directly affects their success in education as much as a professor or as much as any person on that campus does. And I, I always stress that to anybody who is cleaning because they are as much a part as the success of a, a student or as a patient. If the room's not clean at a hospital, That's true. that patient could be in that hospital longer. They could be sick longer than what they might otherwise be, you know, at, at, a, at the K-12, which I work at now, if I have, you know, little kids who are coming in to, you know, I mean, cause little kids are, are, they're fantastically wonderful, but they're also, they're, you know, their fingers are up their noses. They cough. Without <laughs> I mean, they cough, yeah. they cough without covering their mouth. Same thing sneezes. They sneeze and they don't know how to cover their face. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there is germs everywhere. And if we're not doing our jobs by making sure that their classrooms, their bathrooms and their main areas are clean, those students could be getting sick and ill. And it affects their lives, not just at school, but at home, too. And showing that our team. That they mean that much is, is so important to constantly remind them of. What they do is is matters. It's valuable. It's just as important. And then if you go to bat for them and you you try to make sure that you get them a better living wage, because I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they're not there for their their health. You know, they're there because that's how they make a living. That's how they pay their bills. That's how they provide for their families that's how they you know afford all of the things in life that you need to afford as an adult um one of the things that i'm as i'm proud of at this k-12 you know when i walked in the door um it's a third-party contract cleaning company so they're not direct uh hire employees with the school district which is pretty standard for okay. you know the industry that we have now but one of the things that I had heard when I walked in, I said, you know, what do you, one of the things I did at Wayne too was, you know, I started the CEC, which was the custodial engagement committee that I think mm -hmm. that I think is still ongoing now. Yeah, um, right. I wanted them, I wanted them to come together voluntarily and, and tell me what they wanted to see improved, what they wanted to see, how they wanted to see, how they wanted to be rewarded because I didn't want to come in there and be, and tell them, okay, this is what I'm going to do to show you that you're valued and acknowledged. Okay. That's fine. But I, I, I wanted feedback. I wanted them to tell me how they wanted to be shown acknowledgement and value. And I wanted them to tell me what they wanted to see improve. And so I started, you know, doing the same thing at Croswell Lexington. And, you know, one of the things that they kept mentioning was, you know, our pay rate and their pay rate was not awful, but it wasn't great. 
Okay. And I started a campaign with the chief financial officer and I put a lot of work into it, um, did a presentation after several months of doing a lot of research mm-hmm. into, you know, what the national like baseline was, where I saw the industry trend going, mm-hmm. what I felt like was appropriate. And as of May of this year, we were able to offer them, it was about a dollar and a half an hour raise okay. for, every, for everybody baseline coming in. And I also incorporated a step system because I, you know, I, and I understood this, you know, going back several years when I was a custodian, um, when they would jump the pay rate, I've been there, you know, four or five years and they would jump the pay rate up. And, you know, new people coming in would make the same rate that I was making because we were all, you know, they jumped the pay rate up to, you know, I think it was like $9 an hour at the time, which was, wow, going Mm. back years and years and years ago. But I've been there several years and now all the new people were coming in and I've been there four or five years and we were making the same amount. And I remember just thinking, well, this is some shit. this is like you know what i mean it's great (laughs) yeah i mean but i but so i i had always kept that in the back of my mind i said you know we need a step system because if we have people who have been here x amount of years they need to be making more than than incoming employees and so we were able to do that too to where some of my employees who've been there for three four plus years got a $4 an hour plus okay. pay, pay increase. And that was a big win for us this year. Um, it took a lot of time and a lot of effort on not just my part, but other people. My secretary helped out a lot. The CFO um, was very open to, to that, but you know, it took a lot of people, but at the end, um, you know, my team, they were able to get, what they deserve and, and, and that's not the end you know now i you know yes we got this the win but, but this is just this is just the first shot fired mm-hmm. you know this is just the first win of the campaign now we need to get a you know more um paid time off okay. you know we need, we need to get a better um health insurance option there are a lot of other things that we can do to make this better because honestly, if you you can give a billion and one pizza parties, no, but not the money. But, <laughs> but money talks, and mm-hmm. and and paid time off talks, and mm-hmm. showing that you you care about your team more than a, another pizza party is is important. Not not that pizza parties are not important; they are, mm-hmm. um, but you can't just stop at that. Yeah, Robin Wilson, family, friend of the show, says, I agree, this really helps to build authentic relationship. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her for the U of M thing I saw that she did. It's pretty awesome. Keep doing your thing. Fantastic. I know it's with my group. I call them 18. Mm-hmm. And they always tell me, like, for you, we got you covered. But we had so many different supervisors where they said, yeah. So we we ain't we ain't gonna go hard like that. But for you, Jay, mm-hmm. you you ain't gonna hear no bull jab about oh this ain't done, ain't done. People, yeah. we we're gonna make sure you good. 
and in mm-hmm. return, I make sure they good. And you build those type of bridges, mm-hmm. you have a, you have candy land, as I call it. Yeah. You know. Now, next question: What what are your responsibilities as a director, operation facilities? Oh Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in this role, everything. Um, the health, the health and safety of every student and staff member in that district. Okay. You know, um, I am responsible. You know, when I was at Wayne, it was I was responsible for the custodial aspect, mm-hmm. which was you know a monster in itself because of how large Wayne was or is. Out at you know Croslex, which is a smaller, obviously smaller campus. It's K twelve. We've got about you know um, two thousand plus students so there's a there's a good amount of students there but i oversee the maintenance grounds custodial real estate and uh, any construction management for the district so that is a very big umbrella and as i'm sure you found out already um if nobody knows what what who to go to with this problem it somehow falls in our laps you know um for for an example you know i got a uh email the other day well a couple weeks ago or so that said we have a bat in the going down the hallway at the middle school okay i can can tell you i've not gone to um any type of bat collection school (laughs) i never had a class (laughs) that um, taught me how to trap a bat, but somehow that falls in our laps to a degree. Or you have to know who to go to to mm-hmm. to take care of that. Um, our department, whether it's custodial facilities or whatever, um, we we are literally there. Nothing goes according to plan. It just doesn't. And you have to be very okay with not having a plan that ever works in a lot of ways, you know, because our our jobs are literally just being able to make snap decisions on the fly and making the what you think is the best decision in the spur of a moment. And that's not that's not really something that they teach you in any college oh, no. class I've ever had, ever. And neither is being a leader. You know, there's not mm-hmm. a college class that actually teaches you what being a good leader is. It's something that you either are or you're not, or you learn from somebody else that you mm-hmm. model, you know, from. Um, because, you know, they can teach you business administration, but they don't actually teach you how to be a good person or how to be a good leader. Um, something you have to learn kind of on your own or, or, or model from somebody else. But, you know, if you're in a support services leadership role, you have to be very okay with snap decisions and, and then being wrong part of the time. And I think that's important to note because there are a lot of decisions to this day that I make that are the wrong decision in the moment, but you have to make it. You know, and you have to be okay and own that decision even after the fact. And as long as you learn from it, then it's valuable, I feel. Um, You know, because a a leader, 
one of the best things I ever learned in my life was, you know, I had a, uh, I had a leader in my past that would tell me, you know, um, even if it's the wrong decision, you still have to make one. But as as long as you learn from it, that's Mm -hmm. the important thing because people will follow a leader even if they make a wrong decision. Yeah, but you got to make a choice, though. You have to make a decision because if you are somebody who is indecisive or wishwashy or fickle, they're Mm -hmm. not going to respect, they will not respect that at all. They will respect somebody who makes a wrong decision, though, and learns from it. And we got to cover buildings. Yeah. All right. Can you go take care of so and so? And can you cover this? Mm -hmm. And we got you. Cool. No problem. I appreciate you. Yeah. Mm hmm. And yeah, I sometimes be quick with it. Like, okay. Yeah, some sometimes Jeff, you're gonna make a really, really wrong decision. Oh, I've done that I already. Listen, and, and, and the thing of it is, you'll keep doing that, and that's the part that sucks. Like, you know, I've been doing this 20 years, and I will still make the wrong decision to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't beat yourself up over it. Mm-hmm. You 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 learn from it. You hold yourself accountable, and you do better next time. That's all you can do. But your team will not follow somebody who is indecisive. Uh-huh. You know, n- none of us respect somebody who can't make a decision, even if it's the wrong one. And something each one individual uh, mentioned to me that was humbling that. Mm-hmm. For you, you, what you say and what you do line up. Yep. I got you. Yeah. Somebody else, man, they come at me wrong. No, nah, I ain't doing that. But for you. Yeah. You you throw the bad signal. I'm there for you. I'm like wow, that's true. Appreciate that because I'm pretty sure you telling me straight. If it was someone else, nope, stop the job. I ain't doing it. Yeah, <laughs> off you. And, no problem. I got you covered. It's gonna be done. You know what? And, and it's amazing how much your team is willing to do for you mm-hmm. if you just show them a little bit of kindness and acknowledgement. Absolutely. You you cannot treat them like they are numbers nope. or they are just a means to your bottom line mm-hmm. because they're not. They're people. They have lives. They have families. They have sick kids. They have cars that are broken and they have bills that are unpaid and they have ill spouses and they're going through divorces and they are... Mm-hmm. A million and one different things. They are not just numbers and faceless people. They are important. And remembering that no matter where you go or what your title is will take you so far with them. It's insane. Absolutely. Because it's easy. It's easy to get wrapped up in your title or to get wrapped up in the job that you have or to get, you know, just glamorized with what you get to say that you do. And it's easy to forget the people that got you there or the fact that you cleaned a million toilets to get there. Mm-hmm. But you, you Stay humble more than anything. Be humble. That's true. I try to make sure if they come to me with a situation, I'm only focused on that until they're satisfied with the result. Yeah. So they see when you come to me, 
what yep. your situation is important. And let me jump on that now and make mm-hmm. sure you're good this the way you yeah. want it. Want to do something else with it? Yeah. They appreciate that. Like, okay, you didn't. Oh, I forgot. No, you came to me. So all that can wait. Let's make sure you're good. Yeah. Really, then I go back to doing ABCD. Yep. So I can't do yep. it without That's, true. That's absolutely true. Now, how has Wayne prepared you for this role? You know, with Wayne, um, Wayne was was actually really great. Um, prior to going into Wayne State as a custodial uh, associate director, I worked at Missouri State University in the same type of capacity or role. And what I loved about Wayne that I didn't have at Missouri State was the culture and the diversity. I absolutely loved it. I loved getting to to learn the different types of people that work there, that went there as students. Um, and at Wayne, it I had so many curveballs at Wayne in a good way, in a good way. Uh, that honestly, um, working at Missouri State University and at Wayne State both prepared me for a K twelve director's okay. role. Because you know, at Croslex, um, it's a it's a more rural, you know, uh, um, type of a educational environment. It's very secular in terms of the culture and the diversity. It's it's really not as prominent as it was at Wayne and Missouri state. It's mm-hmm. predominantly just one type of sector of people. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. It's just, that's just, you know, it's just a very rural community, very close knit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, families, you know, have been friends for generations, you know, their grandparents know each other and walking into that as somebody who was completely new and not from the area was, was, jarring to a degree because I came from Wayne who you can meet a new person every single day. Um, you could go to a new restaurant every single day and never go to the same one twice. Um, but at Wayne, Wayne state was so good in helping to prepare me for just nothing rattles me at Crosslex. Or, or, or really, I think anywhere else, because, you know, yeah. it's so funny. Well, I'll tell you a story about, <laughs> about Dave and I. Um, my first week at Wayne State, mind you, and I'm, I'm coming from, you know, Missouri State University, which was about the same size as Wayne State. Um, but it was, per, it was in a posh type of area of Springfield, Missouri. It was mm. a lot of rich, a lot of rich um, mostly Caucasian kids. What it, it really wasn't, you know, crazy or whatever, as far as I understood until I actually got there. And then that was its own bit of craziness because because those kids were nuts. Um, <laughs> those Listen, those kids were crazy. So I'll tell you Wayne or a Missouri State story, too. But at Wayne State, my first week there, Dave and I were in the car and we were driving around the, the campus. He was kind of showing me all the buildings and whatnot. And I remember driving by and there was this gentleman there. I didn't know. I was on Woodward 
and it was in a construction area and he was completely naked as a jaybird just <laughs> just gyratingly dancing against a fence and i remember seeing that and i looked at dave and he saw it and he just started laughing his ass off right because it's just yeah. dave right and that's just yeah. what dave did and yeah. <laughs> i looked back at him and i didn't say anything and he said welcome to wayne yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i said all right Okay. And I mean, it was so funny because he, it was the middle of the day. It was, you know, because we worked day shift. It was 11 o'clock in the morning. And this, this gentleman was just literally naked as a jaybird, <laughs> just right on Woodward. I'm sure that the cops yeah. were called. I don't even know. Um, but I yeah. just remember thinking, okie dokie. And um, it, it takes a lot at this point to rattle me. Just, just completely, you know, throw me off my kilter because of instances like that where it's just so crazy, you know. Um, I ain't staying changed the names. I'm telling you what, like, it, it's it, all it, true, but the names are going to be different. It, 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 it does, and you know, when I worked at Missouri State, and a lot of, you know, and, and this is, this is, um, this is not, and, and I have a lot of funny stories about both places, but. This is a very, this is a serious story, and it's not one that I take lightly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that, you know, has stuck with me 17 years later. When I was a custodian at Missouri State University, I worked second shift, and I remember getting a call one night. Um, you know, I worked in Res Life, and I had a call from the security department okay. and they had asked if I could go to um, the housekeeping department. I want to say the housekeeping department. Um, it was a department. We, um, we did like camps and conferences mm -hmm. during the summer, you know, so we had laundry and we had like, you know, stuff that we would do for kids who would come in for band or cheerleading or whatever con basketball conferences all summer long. So we had a housekeeping department um, as well. And I had security ask me one night, it was about 1130 at night on a Friday night. I was 20 years old at the time. And they said, can you bring a sheet over to Freddie, which was a, a residence hall? Okay. And it was a freshman dorm and there were like three other dorms around it. It was right by the student union. It was a very busy part of campus. Mm -hmm. A lot of students would, you know, go in this area, but there was like this grassy kind of area where the students would hang out, congregate, whatever in between all of them. I said, yeah, well, you know, what's going on and again? You know, I'm just this 20 year old kid myself. I'm going through college um myself and they said well some freshman um has hung himself and he's in a tree right out there in the middle of all of these dorms and there's a lot of, it's 11 30 at night on a friday night so you know these there's a lot of traffic a lot of students walking around and they wanted me to put a sheet over him 
until the coroner showed up. Yeah. And it was horrible. Um, and I ended up doing it because whatever, but I mean, that was my job. I wasn't really getting paid to do stuff like that. And I realized that at the time I should not have had to have done something like that. That was way above and beyond what I was really uh, should have been asked to do, but I did it. And, you know, cause at the time, I mean, there's this, this 18 year old kid and here I am, I'm 20, you know, so I'm two years older than this kid is. And I'm putting a sheet over this body that's hanging from a mm -hmm. tree in the middle of this residence area. And when I encounter things now to this day and, and for years since, and, you know, I have people who are on my team or people who are my colleagues and they are, you know, frazzled or freaking out about stuff. I will think to myself, at least it's not a dead body. No matter what this is, because mm -hmm. on to that to this day, 17 years later, I'm 37 now. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my career was to put a sheet over an 18 year old kid who decided that his life was not worth continuing on. And it, it's heartbreaking to this day. I, I will never forget that the whole rest of my life. And no matter what I do, whether it's, you know, a, a flood or, you know, uh, an administrator last minute asking for something to get done, or it's, you know, a, a broken water pipe, or it's a frozen pipe, or it's a whatever it is, it's not that. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, like, that's a horrible thing to remember, but in a lot of ways, it grounds me because it helps me handle any type of a, a situation that might frazzle some people because I have handled harder, more trying things. Yeah. When the professor was murdered at Wayne state, I was on. Oh project. yeah. We had to clean that room and my teammate, cause I was a, I was a technician trying to get a job. They were like, we're not cleaning that room. Like what you mean? They, Right. We were getting lunch and we heard sirens like what yeah what's going on? Then we find out yeah. that happened, like, oh no, that's horrible. Doing yeah. And they didn't want to do it. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to get an education because I know it's free. So right. I'm stuck. But you know, majority <laughs> rules. Yeah. So they got all the all the stuff out, the old carpet. They just we just want you just to do the carpet that they're gonna put down, like, okay. Yeah, but it was eerie to be in that room knowing it happened during finals that week. And that Saturday, we was in that room. So my brother, yeah. he was podium. He had just left his floor when the guy was coming out the elevator. Like, dang, I right. was from being there, and it had a lot of people shook when that happened. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you never heard of that. Like, yeah, dude, I know he did this. What the world? Yeah, you never know. You see the university. That'll be something that sticks with you too, Jeff. You know, you'll you'll not forget that anytime soon. No. You know, things like that, they stick with you. The whole vibe and, is weird, like dying. It, yeah. Murdered in this room. We're yeah. Cleaning. 
And a lot of times you'll go back to that and you'll think, you know what, when you, when I have a hard day, you know, when I have had a parent or a student or a, you know, the superintendent who, you know, has said something that rattles me, I'll go right back to that and think, you know what, at least it's not a, at least I'm not covering up a dead 18 year old kid, mm-hmm. which horrible. Right. To this day is the worst thing I've ever had to do for any job anywhere. I've had bad days. Don't mind. I mean, I've had bad work days, but none of them have ever come close to that. And so, you know, things like that, they ground you and they, you know, so, you know, again, that's kind of a somber thing and yours is too, but you know, those type of experiences, they prepare you for the roles that you you go forward with and take, you know. Mm-hmm. I was checking mental health going forward. Like, you all right? You good? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't need no problems, man. For sure. <laughs> For like, sure. Man, like that. Especially people that would be like, nah, I hate this person. Like, hey, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What's yep. up? Talk to me. You, you all right? Yeah. I'm all right. Are you sure? Because when you talking, they can mm-hmm. lead to you coming back, and it's a big problem. Right. It don't need to happen. Yeah. It ain't that bad. No. no. It can every, everything you. has a solution. Mm-hmm. Now maybe and that might might not be the right one, but it's a solution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that would probably be your biggest challenge then. Yeah. What would be your biggest impact so far? I would say um, one of the things that led me to decide, you know, that I I would like to try to do this better. um, One of the biggest impacts I had was when I worked at Missouri State University. I had an associate director of Res Life who um, I would have loved to have seen do things differently. And now I go back um, and at the time in my, you know, career, I was about six years in working as a custodian. I had never been written up, never had been reprimanded or had any kind of issue uh, um, at all. I worked on a floor that was a, because they tried to pair in res life, they tried to pair genders with whatever type of floor it was. If it was a, a male floor, they tried to put a male custodian, female floor, female custodian, just to make everyone feel comfortable, I think. Um, and I don't know if you know, but, you know, most people did, you know, I identify as, um, a lesbian and one of the things that, you know, I had always, I was always kind of out about it at the time, not so much now for this reason, but I worked on a female, uh, freshman floor as a custodian. Mm-hmm. And the resident assistant at the time, um, she was very kind, very, very personable, very friendly until she mm-hmm. found out that I was LGBTQ. Okay. She went to my boss and had said, you know, that she didn't feel comfortable having me on their floor because she was afraid that I was going to try to peek in on the girls, what they were showering or something like, right, something like that. And I had never done anything like that, never had had any kind of anything like that. Wow. Um, 
I know. And I, I mean, that was, that was what was paying my tuition. That was what was paying my bills. And I had told my boss when she brought me in there to tell me that I said, you know, I, I'm not about, you know, you don't, you don't pardon me, but you don't shit where you eat. You know, I would never put, do anything like that if it would jeopardize my education getting paid for or the bills that I pay. I said, there's, have you ever, you know, had anything like this reported to you that I was trying to do like that? Well, she said, well, no, I had to go through several HR hearings because Mm. of that type of concern at the time. And I mean, it was several years ago. Um, you know, 2012, 2013, when this was going on. And I went through months of, I didn't know if I was going to lose my job. I didn't know if I was going to lose my tuition education because I couldn't afford it, you know, on what I was making. My family couldn't afford it. So it was potentially jeopardizing my education my ability to get a degree at the time. And I remember after that was all said and done, because it was all baseless, I kept my job. I, you know, started looking for other jobs right after that whole thing got settled because I remember thinking that, you know, I didn't get the support from my leader that I felt that I needed. She kind of was siding with the student even though the accusations were baseless. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I remember thinking, I would never do this to somebody that was under my leadership. Mm-hmm. And it had one of the biggest impacts in my career because I think that that was the absolute, like, you know, jumping point or warning shot or whatever you want to call it that made me decide to really start looking for a leadership position in the type of field that I wanted to go in. Like I had already been in, in business administration classes already, but that really catapulted where I wanted to be as a leader because I was really disappointed with leadership that I had received during that whole interaction and thought, you know what, I can only imagine what some people must go through, not just with this type of environment, but like anybody who felt that they were discriminated against for their age or for the skin color or for their religion or for anything else that defines them as a person that doesn't affect anybody else, but impacts them directly because of who they are as a person. And I knew that I wanted to do something to try to make that better for people. That's why I love the diversity when I went to Wayne, because I got, you know, such a wonderful, not culture shock, but just a wonderful immersement into the type of different cultures that were out there that I didn't experience at Missouri State. Now, unfortunately, the downside of Wayne State, even though I had my Wayne State green uniform on, Mm -hmm. I got elevator with 
white woman or other coach woman, you will see them yeah. grab their purse and move to the side, yeah. walk through Gullah Mall. They'll lean over like, it's sad you're about to stereotype that I'm just a threat. You don't even know. That's horrible. And you see, yeah. I work for it. Yeah. But you have turtle skin, you just keep it moving. Yeah. I mean, but that's. You shouldn't that, have to. No, you shouldn't have to at all. And it, it's that kind of behavior, it just it pisses me off. Because, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I'm a minority as well. I'm Native American, but I'm white passing. So a lot of people, they don't, I don't have to experience that. Um, and the only time I've ever had to experience something akin to that was, you know, with the situation I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I cannot wrap my head around that. I really can't. Because I have known a lot of people who were very well off and very Caucasian who were the biggest assholes and not to say that people like that are, um, yeah, not, not that, they were, that they were just horrible people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I never, ever understood that, Man. you know, and it That's was just, it was, because I, I mean, I saw that at Wayne too. I would see that in not necessarily anything that I saw myself because if i ever saw that myself i would have um i feel that i would have said something about it because i've i've experienced that myself in a different capacity but i would have custodians that would talk to me about that type of interaction where they felt discriminated against or they felt less than or they felt looked at differently because you know, they were black or because they were different than the people that were in leadership positions around them. Oh, I and had it, to. It, it sucks. I had to learn after a few times noticing that, I guess because I do music and other stuff, my voice can be very deep. Yeah. But I've noticed some white people would be intimidated. So I'm like, you got to find more baritone yeah. voice. So they don't. Mm-hmm. Get started that you said hello to him. So I ain't here to scare you. I'm here to get my degree right. to leave. <laughs> yeah. A little nuance that you will learn that you shouldn't have to just mm-hmm. to move be good. I almost almost swung on one person though, because I was in Danto talking with the um secretary I was cool with. Yeah. The guy stopped buying like you're messing with the help. Before I knew it, I about to swing on she caught my hand. Whoa! Like he did he just say what? What did he say? She's like Jeff. I can't believe you. Like oh, I'm glad you caught my hand because he about to go through the wall. That would have been do that what I could have done. You ain't gonna do that one. <laughs> Ooh, you can take it, but you ain't gonna be in my face with it. We ain't doing that. Oh one. man! And see, that's guard, like wow. You just felt that brazen with it. Okay. I don't understand things like that. I really don't, you know, and one of the things that I don't, I mean, we're kind of getting off the topic here, but, you know, I, I, I know a lot of, a lot of people will say, you know, oh, I don't see color. I think it's important to see color because it makes you aware, you know, I think the people who say, you know, I don't see color. Yes, you do. We all see color, all of us. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you say you don't, you're a liar. 
I mean, honestly, you see it's it, Im- it's but it, it, it's important to see it in a lot of ways because then you also see how other people are treated because of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you are somebody who is a minority, especially in a leadership position, you have it doubly as difficult as somebody who is not. If you are in a leadership position and, and, and you are, let's say, a, um, let's say somebody who is male and Caucasian in a leadership position, I feel you already have an advantage that a lot of people don't. And you may or you may not. That's not, that's not, um, yeah, a, not I mean, that's not the, that's not the case for everybody. But in a lot of ways, it absolutely is. Because if you are that, just automatically you're going to get a level of respect that a lot of other people are not afforded as a woman or as somebody who is a minority. Mm-hmm. And if you walk into a leadership position, especially if you walk into a leadership position as a woman in a predominantly male-dominated field, you know, facilities and operations yeah. is a predominantly male so if you walk into a position and you are a woman who walks into this position who it's already a male dominated field you know you're a female you're a minority whether you're white passing or not and you're um the lgbtq community you have to be twice as competent as your counterparts are. And that's just a fact because, you know, you're already, and I I experienced that where I'm at now, where I have, you know, a lot of pushback from male board members or male community members who feel like they might know more or might feel as though they have a better knowledge or expertise than I do. And if you're, you know, in your, in in your capacity, in your role, if you are somebody who is a minority and is in a leadership position and you are overseeing possibly um, custodians who are, you know, Caucasian or who are older than you, you're going to uh, experience pushback as well in your role too. Oh, I go into it knowing I, I know what country I live in. Mm-hmm. Be the hard work in the room, so you ain't got nothing to say to me. But good yeah, job. yeah, I ain't gonna act like it's not a thing. It shouldn't be. No, it, it shouldn't is. be. But it yeah. is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, but it but it is. You know, and 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 it's 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 not easy. You know, in in my role, um, I'm only one of I believe three or four k-12 female facility directors in the entire state of michigan oh wow yeah um Big state. The, you well you know you you know the other one um diane okay yeah diane um i never i've never met her um i know of her but she's in a k-12 role as a facilities director too but there's only a, a handful of us and again you know most of my male or most of my counterparts who have the job title that I have in the role that I have are men who are, you know, uh, 
10, 15, 20 years older than I am. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a battle to get, you know, respect or acknowledgement. That's why you, you know, what you mentioned earlier about learning is so important because every opportunity you have, whether it's your education or if it's just training opportunities, you should take advantage of in your role. You know, if, if you have an opportunity to learn how to do floor care or how to do this or that or how to strip and wax or how to do something in your role as a custodian, learn how to do it because it can only help you in the future. Absolutely. You know, pad your resume. You know, even if you only ever want to be a custodian, um, your entire career that will take you and open up more doors in, you know, other custodial opportunities than what you currently might have, you know, learn as much as you can, because you never know when it's going to come in handy. Absolutely. Doing floors, stripping, waxing, carpeting, all that. When I got to my job and I told them my resume, like you done business, you mm -hmm. didn't move up. Like, now I get the opportunity, so I do have a chip on my show that I'm good at this if I was given a chance. Yeah. So for yeah. me, I'm going to go hard at it just for me knowing you could have did this here, but what God got for you is for you. It wasn't there. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely and true. I bring something to them that they don't deal with unions before or mm -hmm. some other situations that they've dealt with. And I'm learning that, yeah, I do have more of a forceful, a, we ain't doing that. That's not right. Cut that right. out. Yeah. Leaders, that's our job. Yep. So if you need to tighten some people up in your, your route, tighten them up. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to. You're not, you you're not there to make friends. And that's the, that's, that's a hard thing to learn that, you know, you can't be best friends with your team as much as you might like them. You can't. You know, that's nah, why, as a no. as a rule, I you know, as a rule, I don't hang out with my employees outside of work. You know, mm -hmm. I also don't add them, and this is just my personal thing. I, I also don't add them to my Facebook or mm -hmm. any social media, um, unless they're you know an ex employee, in which case I make an exception there. But you're not there to be their friend. They have to respect you as a leader. And it's a very lonely role. Yeah. It really is because you are, I mean, you have your other lateral administrators that you might, you know, share a title with, but you cannot be best friends with your team because then you fall into this possibility <laughs> you could fall into this possibility. Yeah. That you, you could be shown to have favoritism. Or if you start being best friends with your team, they're not going to listen to you when you tell them, hey, you need to go do this. Or, hey, you need to improve on your um, your attendance or, you know, whatever it is your, or your cleaning is is not up to par. You need to do better at this. They're not mm -hmm. going to respect you. No, be fair and, and that's not their fault. If you have done that and put yourself in this buddy buddy role that's not their fault if they don't respect you that's yours mm -hmm. you know um 
and, and like I said, it's a very lonely job, but it's rewarding because you're you're taking care of your customer and you're taking care of your team. So it, it does have its rewards, but if you're going into a leadership position in a support services role, you have to be very okay with being lonely in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So you, you gotta yep. be a strong, you gotta be a very strong person. You do. It's not yes. for everybody. That's, that's not to say that, you know, it makes you a less of a person if you can't do it. It's just not, it's not for everybody. Um, but it's rewarding for those that can stick it out. Yeah. I look at this as more of a breeding ground to help me keep building my company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're fair and firm and treat people with respect. What you need to learn from, you will get from it. Cause I do know some people that may have done that already. And yeah, just ahead. Cause yeah. Yeah. You got to lead leaders lead. <laughs> you have to, and you don't, you don't have to be, um, be cool. But when I tell you, yeah. I need a, I need yeah. a, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really hard, again, that's something they don't teach you in any college course or, or, or something it is the ability to balance, um, empathy with accountability. Mm-hmm. And and that's really important um, to be able to show empathy to your team, like I said, because they are people, they have lives, they have problems, and mm-hmm. you're, you're supposed to care about them, but you also have to hold them accountable to the job that they're doing mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, one of the, and there's gray areas everywhere. And one of the things that I had to learn um in my in my role or my capacity was was the gray areas um before i took my first position i was a very black and white person you know oh. you were either on time to work or you weren't <laughs> there, there were there was no in between you were either there or you weren't right um and a good example i use of this is i had a i had a housekeeper at a at the um saint joe's hospital in pontiac Mm-hmm. And I had already had to have a conversation with her because I always have a conversation with people before I ever go to a disciplinary action about something. Okay. I had to have a conversation with her about um, being on her cell phone while she was on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I went up there after I had this conversation with her and I said, you know, I was looking for, she was on her phone in the break room. And I was like, okay, now I have to write you up. Right. Because I've already had this conversation with you. I've already told you, you know, that the next time you do this, it's going to be a write-up. And I have to follow through with this or you're not going to respect me. So I called her down, was had the write-up already ready to go, was ready to give it to her. And I asked her about this incident. I said, you know, on this date or whatever, I went upstairs. I saw you on your phone in the break room. Um that's why you're down here and she started getting upset and i didn't understand that initially but she had told me that her daughter had been in a car accident that day and that she had been staying off of her phone that i could ask any of the nurses at the desk i could ask the other housekeeper 
And they would, mm-hmm. they would tell me that she had been staying off of her phone, but that her daughter had called her repeatedly and had said she was in a car accident. And she had taken the call off the floor to make sure that her daughter was okay. Mm-hmm. And I did not end up giving her that write-up that day for that reason. Mm-hmm. Because, again, that's where I started to learn there are gray areas. And you do have yeah. to have empathy for your team. And I said, you know... I'm not going to give you a write-up. I'm very sorry that happened. I hope your daughter's okay. But next time this happens, you have to tell me about it so that I know what's going on. You know, so next time, if you have something that's an emergency or that you have to take a call for like this, you still have to tell me about it. That mm-hmm. way I know. And that way I know and I'm not giving you a write-up. For your daughter being in a car accident. And whether her daughter was in a car accident or not. Who knows. But I would like to think that most people. Would not just. Yeah, make that one up. Make that one up. Mm-hmm. Just to get out of a write up. You know. So I did not issue that write up to her. And so learning that there are great areas. But again. Learning that you have to be accountable to your team. And they have to be accountable to you. But then also you have to have empathy. It's a very very hard yeah life happens mm-hmm. and when they come it's in hard. You, it's hard to, mm-hmm. it's hard to um it's hard to find that line because you have people or leaders who want to be one or the other you have somebody who's a complete hard ass who wants to write up everybody for everything no matter what and they're <laughs> un- they're cold. I mean they're they're cold yeah. they're unfeeling they don't give a yeah. shit about anybody and then you have somebody who on the other side of it who is a complete pushover who you can you know they're your buddy they you can do whatever you want and they have no respect and they you can get away with anything you cannot be either person you have to be somewhere in the middle got to be adaptable to the situation Absolutely. And you treat them fairly, but firmly. Mm-hmm. They respect you and work with you. So they know you treat everybody the same way. Yep. Oh, so, hey, some just having my, okay, well, given a system, yep. I ain't going to try to give you no point for it, but yeah, be a write up. Because yeah. this ain't the protocol that they got for it, but I hope everything work out for you. Right, right. And I check on Great conversation, great information. Last question, ask everybody. What advice do you have for someone trying to find their purpose? Be open to any possibility. Because I I thought I knew my purpose. I thought I was going to go into education, like I already said. Mm -hmm. And I ended up taking a job as a res life custodian just to pay the bills, you know, and ended up finding a career out of it years and years in the making that is rewarding and fantastic and and some days it just kicks you in the ass but then (laughs) you know as long as you can find an 80 percent joy in your daily work life it's rewarding there are 20 percent days that are just absolute shit and you know it's always going to be like that but you know Stay open to any type of possibility or purpose. Take any type of opportunity um, that you can, whether it's additional training or educational opportunities or, 
you know, if it's just, you know, um, applying for a different role in the organization that you're already in, if you're a custodian and you've always wanted to be a grounds person or wondered what that was like, apply for that role. Or if you wanted to be a grounds person and you wanted to apply for a maintenance position, apply for it. What's the worst they're going to say? No. And you're still there anyhow, doing what your role is doing every day. I mean, it, it, it doesn't hurt to take risks and sometimes they can be the most rewarding things in your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, only thing you say is no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, don't be scared to learn. Don't be scared to open yourself up to opportunities and possibilities because it, it's scary right off the bat. It's, it's terrifying, but it can also be something that, makes your life that much more rewarding and that you can use your position and your role to enrich the lives of other people that you never thought you could ever do. That's true. You do notice the effect you have on your workers by how you treat them. You have a big impact on their lives, Jeff. You do. Yeah environment you create for them to be a cool fun place is escape yeah you really do you can't come in here yeah i'm sick of this let's be doing what i read get your man right that's not what they need they need you to be their chill yeah candy land that's the standard candy land here cool chill environment go do some work that's it yeah that's absolutely true I definitely appreciate all this wisdom. You sharing your story. I know we ain't no seen problem. you in a while. <laughs> I appreciate you. Interesting. I interviewed him. He is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the invitation. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, Jeff. I'm one of the things you know that I love in my career is seeing people who um, are putting themselves in different positions like you have, you know, it's, it's, it's rewarding to see that, to see people grow, you know, um, because, yeah. you know, when I knew you, you know, you were a custodian at Wayne state and now you're in a leadership position and it's fantastic to see you in that. And I, I am, I'm really proud of you. Appreciate that. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. And I, I know this isn't the end of the road for you. I know that you're going to keep growing. Oh yeah. And I know that you're going to end up um, in a, a larger role in a bigger capacity. And, you know, it's it's so rewarding for me to see that. Yeah, I learned a lot from you and Dave. And, and Dave was a good guy. He was a fantastic leader. <laughs> Dave was funny. No, Dave was a funny dude. Like, he really <laughs> is, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's it's so good to see you grow. And I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you here. And um, I cannot wait to see what the future brings for you. Likewise, you're a director. You, you might be the head of something else coming up. <laughs> you never know. You keep both growing. You never but know. I definitely want to thank fellow Wayne State University alum, former boss, director of facilities and operations. At Crosswell Lexington Community Schools, Rachel Saunders, an awesome individual. I hope whoever watched the replay or watching live gets something out of it where 
try to find your purpose or do some research or just take a chance. Absolutely. Everybody have an amazing night. Play this outro I created, which is awesome. Till next time, everybody. Bye. Have a good night. Good night. Troll!